0: This is Comscast, podcast by the Department of Communications and the Arts. Can you imagine being paid to watch the big blockbuster movies or to play the latest computer games before they even hit the market? Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? But this job actually does exist. For members of the classification board, that is their daily job. And they play a vitally important role in guiding members of the community in the choices they make when it comes to the content that they, or their children, consume. For this episode of Comscast, we're taking a look behind the scenes at how Australia's classification system works, and how the classification board is responding to the challenge of classifying the huge number of computer games, apps, and other digital technologies on offer. Welcome to Comscast.
1: We've all seen the check the classification on film trailers in the cinema. These are meant to advise viewers to check the classification closer to the release date. But what does it actually mean? Surely a movie aimed at children is going to receive a G or PG rating, right? Well, it's not that simple. The body tasked with providing ratings for films and games offered in Australia is the classification board. The board was established in 1995 as an independent statutory body responsible for classifying films, computer games, and some publications that are being published, shown, sold, or hired in Australia. Every film and game must be classified before it can be legally made available to the Australian public. Last year, the classification board made approximately 4,000 classification decisions. About 80% were for film products, so cinema releases or Blu-ray and DVDs. They also reviewed about 500 electronic games and approximately 200 publications. When making a classification decision, the board takes into consideration community expectations around the impact of classifiable elements like coarse language, nudity and violence. So it all sounds like a simple process, right? A kid's movie is still a kid's movie. That should be an easy decision. Not quite. New technical production techniques and higher quality productions, along with community values, change over time. Last year, the new Star Wars was classified M, with advice that the film included science fiction themes and violence over moderate impact. Most of the prior films in the Star Wars franchise were classified PG. The board faces other fascinating challenges. New technologies such as virtual reality are tipped to become the next big growth area for entertainment products. Digital distribution channels such as subscription video-on-demand services and a proliferation of personal devices able to play games and show movies sourced from overseas are extremely popular but how to classify all that content we spoke to the director of the Australian Classification Board Leslie O'Brien about the role of the board and what a typical day might look like for board members
2: we're a full-time board and we're located in Sydney and we classify material on a daily basis and the board is currently made up of uh, 7 full-time board members and there's also uh, a number of temporary board members who we draw upon when we need to for workload reasons.
1: So what does a typical day look like for classification board members?
2: Basically um, it's a very full day for, for each and every classification board member. Um, they're assigned material to to, classi- to view and classify every day and generally they view about five hours of material every day and that material is assigned to them in a in a daily program. Now they might view that material on their own or be part of a board panel uh, of a number of of different people Um, and the material may be a mix of different sorts of media, for example Blu-ray film or DVD product or a cinema film or a computer game. So essentially they view the material and then they scribe the significant content um, and then they have discussions with fellow board members as required and then make an assessment of the particular uh, product that they've viewed and make their decision.
1: Wow, it sounds like a great job, getting to watch movies and play games all day.
2: People do think it's it's a fabulous job and certainly it's a job of privilege and we all recognise that, you know, that um, we are viewing material and making decisions that, that assist Um, the public and particularly particularly carers of of children to make informed decisions. Um, But, you know, there are good days and bad in terms of the material that's assigned. Um, Sometimes you might get material that you may never choose to view in your own time. Uh, And sometimes that may be because it's particularly horrible or particularly boring (laughs) or it's just not something that you're interested in.
1: You touched upon providing advice to parents and carers. Is this why movies aimed at young children don't automatically receive a G rating? Consumer
2: advice is that extra piece of information that you'll see on product and it's designed to to let consumers know which classifiable elements, for example violence or coarse language or themes or drug use, have led to that particular classification decision. So it helps you to make a an informed choice about the material that you or those in your care Um, would like to to purchase. So, for example, if you have a particular sensitivity to violence, then you know that if the consumer advice lists violence, then that particular uh, element is at the highest level and that perhaps that might be a product you don't want to purchase. We know that parents in particular value that um, classification information and particularly the consumer advice. There's one consumer advice that we use um, at particularly at that GPG level about whether, you know, some things may scare young children. Um, and we know that, uh, that parents value that in particular with, the, with younger children who might, um, you know, um, have, have bad dreams or something like that after a particular product.
1: So how do you balance consumer expectations? What might be considered OK for one family may not be suitable for another.
2: Essentially, we're required to exercise judgement and form a view around community standards And how we do that, well, there's a few different ways. So the Commonwealth law is really quite specific about the makeup of the board in the first instance. So the board must be broadly representative of the Australian community. And that means members, you know, are younger and older. Some are from different parts of Australia and different types of communities. Some are parents, some aren't. And we've all come from different sorts of jobs and careers. So we bring with us different life experience uh, in the first instance. Um, the other points to make is that um, we meet weekly as a board and there we discuss particular uh, board standards and to share, we share information about unusual, interesting or borderline decisions that we might have made or material that we've come across. We also look to uh, we review and discuss feedback and complaints that we may have received about particular decisions.
1: If these community standards help determine what a classification should be, what happens when board members have a difference of opinion and disagree on a decision?
2: So the board operates on a basis of a majority-based decision-making procedure um, and essentially um, the majority uh, decision is the one that will carry uh, carry the day. Um, but I'm, I always believe that where we do have minority decisions, so for example there may be, if there were for example five panel members on a particular decision, and the decision may have been 4-1 or 3-2, but that is broadly representative of the community. For example, if you took that content and showed it to, you know, a large sample of the community, the breakdown would essentially be, you know, something similar to that. So that's actually the system at work. And I always think that uh, where there are minority views, they're certainly heard and they're certainly recorded. Um, and they, those views are captured in our decision reports as well, and I feel that that is reflective again of uh, ensuring that we do capture that broad range of, of views um, in the in the community. I mean, you're never going—it it is subjective at the end of the day, and you're never going to satisfy everyone with with particular decisions. Uh, but what we can try to do, or certainly what we aim to do, is to capture those broad community standards that are out there um, in terms of majority-based decision-making.
1: How do you maintain consistency of the rating if there are different board members reviewing the content?
2: So essentially the board uh, is obliged to apply the provisions of the Commonwealth Classification Act, the National Classification Code and the classification guidelines and there is a set of guidelines for films and computer games and for publications. So we need to uh, apply those when we make our decisions Um, and basically the guidelines help the board to apply the criteria in the code by describing particular classification types and setting out the scopes and limits of material suitable for each classification type. Um, So there are uh, six classifiable elements. And um, there are essentially three essential principles that we need to apply. We need to look at things like context. So, you know, for example, the particular storyline or the thematic sort of content or how the material is portrayed, the tone, that sort of thing. We need to look at the impact So, for example, the level of detail, whether there's slow motion or close-ups or particular accentuation techniques that are used that may increase the impact, whether it's prolonged, whether it's frequent, um, the tone, you know, whether it's aggressive and if it's violence, for example, whether it's interactive, those sorts of things. And then we obviously need to look at those six classifiable elements, which are sex, language, drug use themes, nudity and violence and then essentially we assess the impact of the material that we're viewing and work out whether it's very mild which would be G material through to very high at the high end of the classification table.
1: Do the guidelines help you differentiate between the different types of violence?
2: It's not uncommon for us to give consumer advice around comedic violence for example because if it's comedic then that can reduce the impact of that violence compared to whether it may be, for example, quite aggressive um, and detailed and there might might be, for example, blood injury and that sort of thing, um, then that would obviously increase the impact. So that's why it's quite difficult when people um, often try to make comparisons between different products in terms of the classification that the board may have given. Uh, it's not simply a matter of... Uh, for example, someone being shot with a gun in, in, a, in two different films, it really depends on what's happening around and the context of that particular scene, which will help determine the impact. So something in a comedic setting, for example, maybe for all of those people of my era, might remember Get Smart, you know, something like that. You might have, um, you know, gunfire in that kind of comedic context compared to something, you know, a gunfire situation in a more aggressive and violent uh, scenario and that would obviously increase the impact.
1: On the classification of films and games, obviously it's a different kind of media and experience would be different. So does the classification between the two products differ?
2: In January uh, 2013, with the introduction of the R18 Plus category for computer games, separate guidelines were introduced for the classification of films and computer games. So the guidelines for computer games which the board's obliged to take into account in its decision making these particular guidelines as well as the National Classification Code and the Classification Act. So these guidelines for computer games additionally consider interactivity Um, And the reason for this is that there are differences in what some sections of the community condone in relation to passive viewing or the effects of passive viewing may have on the viewer, so for film, compared to actively controlling outcomes by making choices to take or not to take action, so, uh, you know, as per computer games. So interactivity may increase the impact of some content. For example, impact might be higher where interactivity enables you to inflict particular injuries, realistic injuries, or deaths or post-mortem damage on on game characters. And for example, first-person gameplay compared to third-person gameplay may also increase the impact of some contact, content. So, And maybe if there are incentives and rewards or technical features and those sorts of things. So there are those particular um, decision, uh, differences in, in uh, uh, assessing films and computer games.
1: Australia has been part of a trial for the International Age Rating Coalition tool. Can you tell us the problem that the tool was designed to address?
2: Sure. Look, all mobile and online games are currently required to be classified before they can be published in Australia, so just like any any computer game. However, you know, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of games available online and it's not realistic or practical for the board to manually classify each of them. Um, so the IARC tool, which is currently being uh, piloted in Australia for twelve months, has been designed to address that. Um, the use of the IARC tool provides a simple and quick no cost mechanism for computer game, um, mobile and online games to uh, to obtain a classification, Australian classification through participating storefronts. So essentially game developers who want to sell their games on particular storefronts need to complete a questionnaire and the questionnaire is tailored for each participating jurisdiction. So there's a number of um, overseas territories taking part in IAC including Australia for this 12-month trial and what comes out of the other end is essentially an Australian classification that's configured to the Australian classification scheme. So as a result, the tool basically gives classification ratings and consumer advice to help consumers make decisions on this vast array of of product that's currently out there.
1: So you are asking the game developers to answer questions that would then result in a classification being generated for their product?
2: That's right. So there's a a series of of questions and the different... um, uh, outcomes are configured to deliver particular classification um, outcomes for that product. Um, The IAC pilot is being monitored and evaluated by the department and safeguards exist to ensure that essentially the decisions are consistent with the board so uh, as part of the pilot there's an audit program being conducted during that period.
1: It will be interesting to see what the outcome of the IARC is and if the self-classification approach aligns with our current community expectations. Thank you to Leslie for providing some insights into Australia's classification system. If you are looking for classification advice, every decision and the associated consumer advice is published at www.classification.gov.au.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, why not let your friends know by sharing our podcast link on Facebook. We'd also love to hear your comments. Tell us what you think by tweeting your thoughts or suggestions for future episodes to us at commsau on Twitter.